I'm Ryan Eakin, and this is episode two of View from the Pits, the official podcast of the Maple Leafs. In this episode, I spoke to Jordan Costaldo about his first stint with the Maple Leafs back in the early 2010s, the passing of Jack Dominico, and his return to the Maple Leafs in 2021. This podcast is sponsored by TV Canada Trust. Jordan, thanks for coming on tonight, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Eakin. Yeah, so I want to ask you first about Jack Dominico. He passed away, obviously, last month. You go, you've known him for quite some time, going back to your first stint with the Maple Leafs. So what do you first remember about meeting Jack back in the day? Uh, well, let's see. Um, you know, as I was saying to you before, it's probably somewhere in that 2009, 2010 range. And I wish, I, I really wish I could recall my first run into Jack. Um, it was probably, uh, probably somewhere in that 09 summer. He's sitting outside the, uh, the Maple Leafs locker room there down at the pits. Uh, it looked like he just had like a school chair, a plastic school chair he was just sitting on. Um, and I think he hollered at me and I actually think his first question was, hey, are you Italian or something like that? And so, yeah, <clears throat> good lad and all that stuff. But uh, now I grew up not too far. Uh, my parents live not too far from, from Jack's house. So uh, in my younger years, I would, I would go bug him for bats and he always give me, uh, always give me a hard time. But um, yeah, nothing but, uh, nothing but respect for Jack. Um, you know, we definitely had our differences at, at, uh, at times of our relationship, but, uh, uh, all in all, I got nothing but, uh, nice things to say about him and, uh, you know, obviously rest in peace, Jack, and I uh, hope he's in a better place. Yeah. When I did my podcast with you at the Bay Cats, I was asking you about, you know, coming to the Bay Cats after you got traded from the Maple Leafs, but you said at first you were originally offered a spot by Angus back in 2010 after Oshawa left the league, but you decided to stay with Toronto. What, what led you to you going to Toronto at that time instead of? you know, going to another team in the league. I know obviously you're from Toronto, so that makes a big difference, but what truly went into becoming a Maple Leaf at that time back in 2010? Yeah, it was, it was simply, it was simply logistics. Um, at that point, I figured I was going into my senior year. Um, you know, if I hadn't moved the needle as far as, you know, getting a pro look or, you know, draft opportunity, what have it after my junior year, I figured, you know, I just go through my senior year and, and give it my all and kind of, you know, whatever happens after that happens after that. But <clears throat> You know, I guess at, at that point, I had really no intent of, of making that, that travel. Now, that being said, I also didn't know I would play for, uh, you know, was it 10 plus years afterwards. So uh, at the time, it was just simply logistics. I'm not even sure I had my own car. I think my car just broke down, the one I brought home from college. So uh, just, just where I was living and, and um, you know, locality was really, you know, what made me decide. Uh, I, remember the, I remember the conversation with Angus and and then, and I thanked him, um, but it was just it was just simply a matter of uh, where I was living at the time. Yeah, and you spent three and a half seasons with the Maple Leafs before being traded to the Bay Cats. So what do you remember about that stint with the Maple Leafs? Because those teams, looking back at those rosters, you guys didn't you know win the last game of the season, but those are pretty stacked teams. So what do you remember about those teams? You know, well, we had some great teams. You know, you know, we had some great offensive teams too. I remember that one year. You know, I think we had you know six or seven guys up above 370, 365, somewhere like that. Um, but what I remember most about that team was just a great group of guys. I mean, you know, obviously Tops was there and, you know, guys like Rob Gillis and Dan Gibbons and, and Jeremy Walker, um, you know, in a different lifetime. Um, so, you know, and then obviously we had some younger guys, myself, uh, Brian Ivan, Tyler Fada. Uh, and those guys were some of my childhood friends. I'm pretty sure Dan Mara was on the team too back then. But, uh, you know, so we all knew each other from our days growing up. And, you know, we kind of saw the the older guys and, you know, the camaraderie they had. And it was just a great locker room to be a part of. Drew Taylor, John Lockwood, 
um, you know, Mel Malahi. So really just a, a veteran team. Um, they welcomed all the younger guys with open arms. Uh, you know, we did a lot of things off the field together. So, uh, you know, we had some success. Uh, I had some personal success uh, throughout those years. But I think really what I remember about those teams is just the, uh, the camaraderie and just the, you know, the kangaroo court on Sundays. I mean, that was an absolute blast. Yeah. And I'll ask you about coming back to the Maple Leafs last season, but when you were with the Baycats, was there ever a thought in the back of your mind that, you know, near the end, you would like to go back and play one last season, maybe a couple last seasons at Christie Pitts, especially given how close you lived to this st- uh, not stadium, but the ballpark, just was that ever in the back of your mind in terms of going back to Toronto? I mean, it's hard to say, you know, and I was always kind of at the mercy of my teammates with that, you know, a little bit, um, you know, I, you know, we just kept winning and we kept playing and then you know, the whole vibe was kind of, you know, one more year, we'll do one more. And then, you know, I didn't think I would play, um, you know, after that last year in Barry. Um, obviously COVID changes everything, you know, everything's locked down, you know, my physical exercise is, is, is at an all time low. So, you know, going into the summer last year, I thought to myself, you know, it'd be great to just, uh, you know, be active again, really. Um, and obviously with all the changes in Barry, uh, I hadn't really considered going back to this. As a matter of fact, you know, obviously I'd asked Mills in the ownership group for the, you know, the opportunity if I was going to play to just continue to play in Toronto. Um, some things in my life change and, uh, you know, what it was just, it was just one of those things where it just, you know, the cookie kind of crumbled that way. Um, but, you know, I had an absolute blast playing with the guys last year. It was a great group, uh, younger group. Um, you know, it was nice getting some other, you know, local Toronto guys, getting them involved in the team. Uh, you know, Andrew Hyde in particular. And I know, you know, he said he enjoyed playing and, and was, uh, you know, surprised by the overall quality of the baseball. So uh, I hadn't really put much thought into it, to be honest, Deacon. I, uh, you know, like I said, it was just one of those things where the cookie crumbled that way. And, and we just kind of ran with it from there. Yes, and I remember talking to you last offseason. You were like, I mean, I just don't know if I'm going to be motivated enough to play and stuff. And sure enough, you played every single game. At this what point last season did you say, hey, I, you know, I can still do this. I can still do it. Not maybe necessarily at the triple crown numbers that you had in 2019, but you can still do it at a great elite pace. And, you know, you're happy being with the Maple Leafs again. Yeah, you know, I guess it was one of those things, too, where, you know, I didn't feel my best physically at any given point. And, you know, those first couple of weeks of the season were incredibly difficult to get the body going. Uh, I was experiencing soreness in places I, I never experienced. And actually, I'll never forget, you know, I mentioned Dan Gibbons earlier. I'll never forget him saying to me, I guess he was about 30 or 31. And I was a young pup on the Leafs. And he said to me, he goes, you know, you know, Staldi, when you get older, your body changes, it gets harder. And, you know, obviously young and naive, I didn't believe him. But, you know, he was certainly right about that. Um, last year was definitely a grind. And I, and I, you know, I don't blame it on, you know, the lack of exercise or anything like that, but it was a large part of it. It was, you know, just not being able to get my body right. Um, Cause when everything shut down, I mean, I shut down too. Um, I would, I was dealing with, you know, an arm issue that I created for myself at the gym, nothing like what happened in the last game, but it was something else I was kind of nursing. So, you know, first lockdown came around and it was just, you know, I, I shut it down personally too. So, um, you know, I ended up playing every game, but uh, that's just, that's just, because of my love of the game, I think more than anything. Um, I'm also not, not the type of player that could uh, go part-time. Um, not because I, you know, spend all hours of the day thinking the game. As a matter of fact, I do a great job at, at canceling out bad results, but uh, it was just one of those things where, you know, I know deep down inside that, 
you know, it, it would just be better for myself and everyone involved if I am giving it my all and trying to be there as much as I can. And, you know, it was easy to do this year between, you know, with the things that we were limited to doing and all that stuff, um, playing the 42 wasn't an issue. And, you know, like I said, it, it really came down to just, you know, a good group of guys, um, you know, and wanting to be around them and, and, you know, have all the laughs. And at the end of the day, you get to play a little baseball. Yeah, I think when people, when you came to, to Toronto, I think people thought Christy Pitts, man, you might have 15 home runs, 20 home runs, but for the first two, three weeks, that wasn't the case. But then Tobley put you in the leadoff spot. And that was not a position you played at any point with the Bay Cats, for example, you're a staple in the three hole. Just what kind of difference is, is it playing in that leadoff spot from the three spot? And how much time did it take to get used to that position or that spot in the lineup, I should say? Well, I mean, hitting the three spot, I think the best part about it was just being able to catch your breath, you know, before you hit. Um, and I know it's like hitting two, I guess, was like one of those things where it's just, it was kind of in the middle for me, you know, um, you know, I kind of have my, you know, my, my methodical routine before I get in there to hit, um, you know, it's not complicated, but, you know, maybe I take my time and just kind of catch my breath, um, you know, really actually just kind of focus on my breathing. Cause even to, even still to this day, I get nervous before the first at bat. And so I just try to spend some time there just trying to you know slow the heartbeat a little bit and because at the end of the day you're going out there and you know there's no worse feeling to me than than losing to a pitcher than having to walk back to the dugout um so it's just just a combination i mean hitting in the two spot to start i mean it was like it was like i said it was that awkward sort of sort of spot you know i love three um you know i did that for years and barry did that you know large part of my life playing on you know many other teams um so when I struggled at the start, then, you know, leadoff was kind of like, okay, let's just get it and go, you know, and just try to forget about what I was tinkering with, what I was still trying to figure out, you know, trying to make sure everything was connected. So, um, you know, I like leadoff to kind of give me that extra jolt because at the end of the day, I'm a little bit selfish when it comes to hitting. And I just knew I was getting the most at bats no matter what. And I love that idea. Um, so maybe that took some of the thinking out of it for me and just, you know, just said, you know what? Uh, no matter what, I'm coming up the most. I'm going to have the most opportunities to figure it out and, and contribute. And and I think that was it at the end of the day. Yeah. And then you had, I think it was against the Panthers. You had your first game in the leadoff spot. And I believe the next day you came back to face the Bay Cats and Midhurst for the first time. So what was that like, you know, as a member of the Maple Leafs, you know, you come in, road, you know, in the road clubhouse, you're facing the former team and you got the fans not booing you, but, you know, it's not cheering for you the way they used to. So what was that yeah. night like, you know, coming back to Cold Stadium? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, again, I, I, a lot of credit goes to you for that video tribute, man. That was something special, um, you know, something I didn't uh, ever imagine happening, um, you know, anywhere, really. Um, so that was definitely humbling. And, I, and I, again, thank you. And I appreciate that. And, you know, appreciate uh, all the fan support up in Barrie. Um, you know, and I, I remember driving up there and I was, you know, it was, I remember it was a beautiful night. And I was, I was feeling good. And, uh you know, to be honest, I got my stuff out of the trunk and started walking up to the stadium and I walked through the gate, uh, you know, the home side there and and started seeing some familiar faces. And, and surprisingly, it was it was a little bit emotional, um, you know, it was because there was just so many good memories there. Um, you know, obviously a wealth of team success, but a wealth of personal success. And, you know, the community was really behind the team. And, um, you know, I didn't really ever hear a bad thing said to me at you know at any point of my six or seven years so you know like there was just there's just all you know this i've said this said this to you a thousand times there's just <clears throat> there was just no uh 
you know, there was no bad memories, nothing, nothing to dwell on when I, when I think about those six years, you know, a great time on the field, great time off the field. Um, and, you know, we're welcome with open arms. So uh, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely emotional uh, getting back there and, and, uh, you know, seeing the familiar faces, Millsy and the ownership group, uh, you know, some of the guys who were still playing there, Cowan, Rio, Branfee. Um, so it was just, it was, it was real nice. I love playing there. I, I told you that a thousand times too. I absolutely love playing there. Um, you know, the city of Barrie or whomever takes care of that field is just, uh, they do a top-notch job. Um, the scene was set perfect. I mean, there's all those good vibes about going into a baseball game, but, but um yeah, I didn't hit a home run to start the game there, didn't I? Um, yeah, I mean, that was special. Uh, Mike, I don't even remember the pitch or, or where it was or who was pitching, but uh, yeah, that was that was cool. That was a, something I'll never forget. Yeah, and I know something we both wanted was a Maple Leaf Bay Cat playoff series, and that's what happened. Round two, Maple Leaf Bay Cats. You guys win game one. You had a big night. Marcus Connect had a big night. And game two comes around, first at bat of the game, and you go opposite field. Just what was that like? You know, playoff game's a big game. You can eliminate the Bay Cats. You can end the dynasty. And you leave the game off the home runs. This how fitting was that? And so what did that moment feel like for you? Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's fitting necessarily. I mean, you know, I think I think personally for me, just seeing the turnover in the team, um, you know, in, in my mind, uh, the dynasty was kind of over. Uh, and I'm not saying that from a talent perspective or anything. I'm just saying that it would have been a lot different had, you know, if we, if we were beating a team with Spatero in right field and, you know, Atkinson at third base and, and all those things. Um, so, so for me, it was, it was just, you know, it was just a game at that point. Uh, um, you know, and we've already been up to Barry a few times, um, you know, so I think maybe that took away a little bit from the feel of the game, but uh, uh, it was special, certainly. I mean, it's, it's always special winning a playoff round. Uh, at any level. So uh, to do it against Barry, to do it, uh, you know, to have the game that I had, uh, that was special. Um, but you know what, I just, again, it's one of those things where, you know, I see the ball differently there. I see, I see that, I see the ball there better than any field. Um, so it was just, you know, kind of like, not kind of like, but, you know, I remember LeBron James saying when he went back to Cleveland the first time, he knew his spots on the, you know, on the, on the floor where to shoot from don't ask me what a stat line was. Uh, by no means, Mike compare myself to LBJ, but uh, you know, it was one of those things. I just you kind of know where to dig in the box. You know, I work, know exactly where to play in the field and all those things. So, um, you know, it was definitely special. You know, it was special. You know, getting the team to the next round because a lot of those guys hadn't won rings. A lot of the guys in the Leafs hadn't won rings in a long time. So, uh, just overall, uh, you know, special. But like I said, special. But whoever we would have beaten in the second round, there would have been. Second, first or second round? I can't remember. Second round, yeah. Second round. Uh, it would have been special just the same way. But, you know, I, again, it was it, – it probably would have had a little bit different feel if, you know, there were more guys back there, you know, the Guerreros and, you know, the pitchers, and Santos and uh, Starlin, all those guys. So, uh, you know, and Goose in the dugout, that would have been something. But, uh, you know, none special nonetheless. Yeah, and then you faced London in the finals and – you know, looking back at it, that's one of the great finals in recent memory. I mean, you've played a lot. I've, you know, written about a lot, and that's up there as one of the best ones. Uh, you know, how just how tough is that series facing that London team that had probably the best pitching staff in the league? And, you know, a guy like Rambo, who's one of the best, you know, position players in the league. Just how tough was that team to face? And like, was it a bit surprising, I guess, how, you know, maybe, you know, 
great they were overalls in terms of pitching defense offense and the whole nine that came with that London team. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, they had, they had a little bit of the X factor there in, in uh, De Los Santos, right. Um, you know, he had a hell of a year. I mean, you know, he beat us what game one to the complete game. Um, you know, you know, we didn't get, you know, maybe, maybe we didn't get some timely hits throughout the series, um, but you're right. I mean, they had good pitching, um, you know, obviously they had home field advantage too. I mean, those, those, that was huge, um, but it was a good battle, you know, um, you know, talent wise, we're, you know, I think we had more, um, but maybe we just lacked a little bit of execution. Uh, but to be honest, you know, that experience of that game five um, was something I'll never forget. Um, you know, just, you know, from, from the first pitch into the last, the crowd, uh, even though we didn't win, it was pretty cool to be a part of, um, you know, a lot of battles against those London guys. So, uh, I'm happy that they got to experience one. Um, I would have been happier if it was after whenever my time is done in the IBL, but, uh, you know, congratulations to them. Um, you know, turn the page, move forward. You know, I got six of them. So, you know, if, if we come back and do this again this summer, the goal is just to get, you know, a ring for everybody else who hasn't got one and who hasn't got a chance to experience that feeling, uh, that dog pile. So we'll see. But um, yeah, no, that was, that was really cool. It was a great series. Um, and then, you know, maybe they had a little bit, a few, a few more arms than we did. And, um, you know, maybe we just missed out on some timely hits, but the boys battled and, you know, tough environment to play in 5,000 people. They were at the friendliest, um, but uh, the boys battled, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And in that game five, you know, once again, you led that game off, you know, at, at bat, and, you know, nothing's really happening is, you know, in between pitches, nothing's going on and something happens to you. Just what happened to you? And at what point do you realize that it was a really, really bad injury? And how did you manage to play through what you ended up playing through? Uh, well, yeah, it was. A, so I guess it was two pitches into the game. I step out of the box and just kind of go do my little thing there where I throw the bat up over my head and kind of rotate my shoulders through, crack my back, loosen up my neck. You know, a move I've probably done 10,000 times in my life. Um, so I ended up uh, tearing my distal bicep tendon, um, complete tear. Um, I felt like, you know, everything from, you know, my, my bicep to my shoulder went one way and everything from my elbow below went, you know, the other way. Um, so I know if you, if you saw the video, you can tell by my reaction, I can tell something's not right. Um, you know, a lifetime at AAA hockey, combo that with baseball, then <clears throat> you go off, play division one baseball and, you know, all these years after and not one single bad injury, um, you know, and then the last game of the year of potentially my last season, uh, you know, this thing blows up. Uh, so I ended up getting surgery uh, November 1st, but, uh, you know, at that point when it happened, all I could think about was, uh, you know, something's not right. I just drove two and a half hours. There's 5,000 people in the stands and there's a bunch of my boys in the dugout who haven't got a ring yet. Um, so it was just the gamer in me, I guess, took over. Um, you know, I've never been one to stay down whenever I've gotten hurt. Uh, I wasn't about to do it in, in that environment. 
Um, you know, how I did what I did, I have no idea. Um, you know, I was just trying to do whatever I could, um, you know, in that moment to, to get the boys, uh, to get the boys a ring. Um, and it wasn't enough, but, you know, it was, I just, there was no way I was coming to that game. That's not my mentality. Um, you know, like you said, I played an all 42. I wasn't missing the most important one. Right. So I uh, just willpower. Um, and, and that's really it at the end of the day. Yeah. So like, I want to ask you because like, it's one thing to play the game, you know, finish it out. You know, you want to give it 100%, all that kind of stuff. But it's another thing to go, I think it was five for five. Is this at what point in that game did you say, you know, we try to put in the back of your mind and if that's even possible, just like trying to build through it because like, again, you know, it's one thing you can play the game. It's great. You know, it's tough, great effort, but like you went five for five at the same time facing, you know, some of the best pitchers in the league and Owen Boone and all that. So this, what kind of, like, looking back at it, how great a performance was that? Well, it, it's, it's funny because I actually, you know, I was talking to Tops a couple of weeks ago and I actually said this and I actually think <clears throat> the one piece that I'd been forgetting to tinker with that, that bicep injury almost kind of made me force me to do it. Uh, in order to compensate for the pain I was feeling with certain movements. Um, so in a, in a backhanded way, it almost kind of reconnected everything um, that, I would, that I was maybe missing a little bit of uh, throughout the season. But uh, not a, I, you know what, <clears throat> with certain movements, there was so much pain. Um, you know, not pain to the extent where, you know, I couldn't stand up straight or something, but it was pain where, uh, I just hadn't felt that type of pain before. Um, so I was spending more time probably thinking about, you know, certain movements and how I'm going to get to certain things and actually stop thinking about the pain that way. But, um, you know, I remember after, <clears throat> after that first inning, when I, when I came off the field and, and asked uh, our trainer, Pedro there real quick, if you could take a look. And I mean, you know, I don't even think it took him more than 10 seconds to say you tore your bicep. And I just, I said right then and there, I said, I was, I said, I'm not coming out of the game. I just, there was, there was no other option for me at that point. Yeah. And, you know, I remember you texted me after the game saying, man, losing sucks. That was the first time you lost a game since in a, a playoff series since 2013 against Brantford. You know, you didn't win, but at the same time, that's your last game. It's kind of nice having that as your last game. It's one of the great performances in IBL history from a pure one guy perspective. Um, is that kind of a decent way to go out? Yeah, I mean, I mean, here at the end of the day, uh, if you went on the socials afterwards, you saw the pictures of them. You know, you didn't see the pictures of uh, the losers or Castaldo with his torn bicep, but his his wicked stat line. So, yeah, I mean, I, if I'm if I'm if I'm sitting here by myself thinking about it, yeah, I can, I can maybe take a second and be like, all right, you know, that was cool, but you know, at the end of the day you know, losers aren't remembered. So, um, yeah, it's it, like, let's call a spade a spade here, right? Like, it, it, it's pretty cool when you think about it. Probably something, again, I never thought I would have been able to do, but um, not winning um, trumps that feeling far more than, than you know, remembering the stat line. Cool story to tell, but uh, would have been cooler if it was, you know, torn bicep five for five and, you know, a ring for the Maple Leafs and, you know, it would have been perfectly right before Jack passed. And, you know, you get a, you get a ring for everybody else and off of the sunset you go. So um, yeah, it's cool. But at the end of the day, I would have preferred a, a W. I would have preferred 0 for 4 and a W. 
No, for sure. And I mean, there's always 2022 for redemption, you know, whether or not you come back, you know, I always appreciate the time you've taken for me over the years. It was great to have you convince me to join the Leafs back in August. It was a decision that was, you know, paid off, I think, for everyone. So uh, I appreciate the time you've taken for this one. And throughout the years, man, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Ethan, always a pleasure. Uh, Keep doing your thing. Uh, And I hope uh, the other guys enjoy this as much as I have. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Once again, that was episode two of View from the Pips. Stay tuned to the Leafs social media platforms this Thursday at noon for a big announcement. Until then, thanks for listening.